I saw a, an opinion piece recently by Professor Ilya Selman, a prominent libertarian law professor and blogger. He notes that the U.S. has a severe shortage of kidneys available for transplant. People are on lists. People wait years to get a kidney. There's, there are far fewer kidneys available than there are people who need them. Thousands of people die every year waiting for kidneys. Thousands of people are stuck on dialysis, painful and expensive. So, obviously, a uh, very important and controversial question is how to... Two questions, really. How to allocate the scarce kidneys that we have and how to encourage more kidney donation. So, recently there were some discussions. The, 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 or, the organizations that decide these things, something called OPTN, the Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network, and UNUS, the United, United Network for Organ Sharing. These are the organizations that set policies for these things. They're changing some policies having to do with race, but making sure that uh, less privileged people, white, non-white people, black people, get their fair share of kidneys. People are arguing about this. We're not going to get into the race issues, but Soman, Ilya Soman beats a drum that he's been beating for years. He says, if you really want to save thousands of lives, what you should do is you should let people pay for kidneys. Currently, you are not allowed in the U.S., I think in much of the civilized world, you are not allowed to pay for, for, for organs. You can pay compensation to the person for medical care, for lost work, and stuff like that. You can't actually pay for the kidney. If we did that, people have estimated that we could easily get the thirty or 40,000 uh, kidneys we need per year, no more waiting lists. So people like Soman, the libertarian, uh, the orthodox libertarians, argue that the, the current law, the current policy is, is immoral. It's legal, but it's immoral. It condemns thousands of people to die because we have this squeamishness about not allowing the paying for organs. Someone brings up the arguments against paying. He claims he feels he has answers for them. But anyway, this is a classic thing. The libertarians argue that the current law is, it's the law, but it's not moral. It's not, it's, it, it's not, it's not just, it's not, it's not efficient. It condemns thousands of people to pain, suffering, and dying, and un- unnecessary expense. The dialysis and the medical care is quite expensive. It, 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 would, it would be so much better in every possible way if we allowed people to pay for kidneys. Now, the question is, what does the Torah say about this? What is the position of the halacha regarding paying for kidneys? So we're going to discuss tonight several chuvos on this topic. Obviously, these are going to be modern chuvos because... Organ donation, kidney donation is a relative is, is relatively new in the history of medicine. So obviously the chuvas are relatively recent. These questions have been discussed largely by Postkim and Eretz Yisrael, Dati Lumi Postkim, but obviously it's not a question that's in any way specific to Dati Lumi thought, except in the sense that Dati Lumi thinkers are often more concerned with questions of national policy and Tikkun uh, Olam and not simply with halacha in the narrow individualistic sense. But in any event, we're going to, we're going to discuss several chuvas tonight on the topic of paying for organs. And we're going to see that the halacha diverges fairly sharply from the law in this matter, from the consensus of modern Western law and ethics, while, while mainstream, outside libertarian and hardliners like Soman, while mainstream modern liberal law and ethics is against uh, 
letting people pay for organs. The halacha actually is more laissez-faire about this halacha. We'll see, the post can have all kinds of analysis, but the halacha actually, the general trend of thought is that it is perfectly legitimate to pay for organs. Now again, halacha may require you to respect the law, if that is the law, but we're not discussing what should a person do, whether a person should defy the law or not, but in terms of what should the law be, what is our ethical position on the question, the, as we'll see, a, a number of contemporary or recent poskim have argued <coughs> that it is perfectly okay to pay for organs. That is actually a very interesting question. What should we do if, 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 the, if, if we think the law is deeply immoral? Usually we say, follow the law, the law is the law. But here, where if you believe the law is immoral, you're actually condemning people to death because of your squeamishness about... Uh, your, your ethic, because of misguided uh, ethical um, ethical sensibilities, it's actually an interesting question. What what, what should a person do when, when there's such a dramatic collision between the law and ethics? But we're not going to get into that question tonight. We're just going to discuss we're going to discuss the fundamental question: What is the Torah's ethical posture vis-à-vis paying for organs? So one of the first to discuss this is a tshuva of Rabbi Shaul Yisraeli. Shal Yisraeli was one of the great Talmud great postkim in the Dati Lumi world. He, he wrote various articles and collected into Svarim. This is a piece from his, from his sefer, Chavas Ben Yamin. Uh, not sure if he actually wrote it himself or was compiled by his Talmudim, but uh, this, is, this is an analysis he has in his sefer, Chavas Ben Yamin. Chelek Gimel. So again, I'm not sure if it's actually a tshuva to, uh, to an actual question or, or more of an essay, this one. But he has a he has a tshuva, a systematic tshuva on organ donation. Krach gimel simon kuftes trumos evarim minachayu minames donation of organs from live donors and from cadavers from human remains. Again, all, all, all the tshuvas we're going to see tonight are embedded to a certain extent in the broader discussion of whether organ donation is mutter or asr. <clears throat> Again, as we've discussed in the past, the general consensus is that certainly in the modern era where the procedure can be done relatively safely, we're talking about organs that don't kill the donor, we're not talking about heart transplants, which is still quite controversial, but things like kidneys and livers, which there's a fairly high, fairly high degree of, of confidence, of safety, that the donor will be fine. Certainly after all the screening they put him through, so, but in general, Rabbi Yisraeli considers the broader question, the br- various broader questions in the general topic of trumos evarim and achayim and ames, donations of organs, organ donation from living and deceased donors. In the course of his discussion, he, in the course of his discussion, he discusses the, our question of mechiras evarim, selling organs. So again, the consensus of the poskim is that generally organ donation is a good thing, it's a mitzvah. Poskim generally say it's not a chiv. Poskim say the Torah doesn't demand that much of you, even though it's a great mitzvah to save somebody's life. Based, for, based on various arguments, they say the poskim, the poskim say the Torah does not strictly require you to give up an organ. It's, uh, it, it's an ideal, it's a great thing, but it's not strictly a chiv, and that's going to be extremely relevant to the question of whether charging is mutter. Says Rev Yisraeli, L'she'ela ha'am adam rashay litrom rikmo ever. Is a person permitted to donate tissue or an aver, migufo, tmuras tashlum, in exchange for compensation? When we talk about this question of whether, of whether selling organs is okay, we can really discuss it from the perspective of 
the recipient? Is he allowed to pay to offer money for an organ? We can discuss it from the perspective of the seller. Is he allowed to charge money for the, for the donation or sale of his organ? As we'll see, the post can approach it from both perspectives. Is it permitted to donate in exchange for money? Is it permitted to traffic, to trade organs? Says Rabbi Yisrael. So basically, the post can have two issues, broadly speaking, two issues they discuss. One of them is a technical halachic issue, and one of them is a public policy issue. The technical halachic issue, which has no real analog in American law, is, is the first thing Rabbi Yisraeli discusses. In general, mitzvahs are supposed to be done for free. You're not supposed to charge money for teaching Torah. You're not supposed to charge money for providing medical treatment. You're not supposed to charge money for executing a get, a divorce. You're not supposed to charge money for a din Torah. Now, people will note here that all these things we do charge for. This is a halacha which is honoring the breach, which is widely ignored, and post have struggled for centuries to figure out why we so routinely ignore this halacha. But there is a halacha, it's a Mishnah, it's a Gemara in Bacharos, in Kedushin, that a person is not allowed to charge money for doing a mitzvah. The Gemara in Bacharos says, the, Gemara, the Mishnah Bacharos says, if a Dayan charges for doing din, for, doing, for, for administering justice, dina betalem, as a consequence, his din is batal, because he violated the halacha. Lahazos, lakadesh, if he takes money to do the rituals of the paraduma, the sprinkling of water on the person who's tame, or to make the water, to put the ashes in the water, meimav meimara, afroe from akla, his water is garbage water, his, his ashes are garbage, they, they, they don't count, it's everything he does is batal. The Gemara explains, what is the source, the source that you're not allowed to take money for doing all these mitzvahs? Brings a pasuk that the that Moshe told the Jewish people, see, I have taught you, as my God, Hashem, my God, has taught me, that the just, we shouldn't have different explanations for what this drush is, but just like I learned from Hashem for free, so to you, so to you should teach for free, you should teach gratis, that, between Hashem and Moshe, there was no charging. So between humans who teach other humans Torah, teaching Torah is a mitzvah, afata b'chinam, you are not supposed to charge. Okay, so that's a general rule. You're not allowed to charge for doing mitzvahs. Says Rabbi Yisraeli that any mitzvah that you do for someone else and you want to take advantage of his need for the mitzvah and charge to charge him, not allowed to do that. Tricha leheyasos lo kol tashlam. You're not allowed to charge. As a practical example, he gives a Shavasaveda. The Gemara above Matiya discusses at length. Even if a Shavasaveda is a lot of work, it takes a lot of effort and toil to return the Aveda. It's a heavy item. You're not allowed to charge for that. You have to do it for free. The only thing you can charge for is expenses. If you had other costs, you're allowed to charge for your costs. Even opportunity costs. Scharbatela. You could have made money in the time, you could have generated income in the time that you were involved with Aveda. You can charge not just for your out-of-pocket expenses, you can charge for the opportunity cost for the lost income that you incurred because of returning the Aveda. That you're allowed to charge for. Anything else, you're not allowed to charge for. Schar is a big exception to this rule of Mani Bechino. A person has a job, he takes off from his job to do a mitzvah, helps someone else do a mitzvah, and he thereby forfeits his wages. That he can charge for. But short of that, he can't charge. Some posts have tried to argue that's the heter for modern, for modern teachers of Torah and so on to charge. 
They could have done other work in the same time. But that's, uh, that's a problematic approach because the post can say, you need betele de muchach. You can't just say, well, I would have gone out and found some work. You have to be able to show that you actually had work. You actually had an opportunity that you turned down. The fact that you would have gone and, and found some work is not, is not really enough. Some posts can say that, uh, that, uh, that, that this whole discussion about betele de muchach is only when it's a one-off thing. That, that for an hour you gave up your job, you have to show that you actually had a job. If a person gives up his whole career, he becomes a teacher of Torah, that's his profession. We can assume that he would have had some other career. Everyone has some kind of career. Not everyone, but it's fairly common to have a career of some sort, a profession of some sort. Okay, the post can debate whether, whether modern professional mitzvah, mitzvah professionals can argue that it's Har Batela. But Medina de Gemara, the one real exception to this issue to charge for a mitzvah is, is Hefzid and Tzchar Batela. Therefore, says, says Rav Shol Yisraeli that when you help somebody else, if you help uh, someone else, you, you provide a service to, to, to save him from illness or death, that is an obligation. Unlike American law, where there's no general obligation to be a good Samaritan, certain people are mandated reporters, certain people have a duty to help, but in general, an ordinary citizen in American law has no duty to provide aid to somebody else. In the Torah, you do. In the Torah, it says, You can't stand by while somebody else suffers harm. Hashavah Seveda includes helping Hashavah's Gufo, helping someone avoid physical injury or suffering. In the Torah, you're mechuyiv to do it. Once you're mechuyiv to do it, Rabbi Yisraeli claims you are not allowed to charge for it. That's the halacha. Any, any mitzvah that the Torah commands you to do for somebody else, you cannot take advantage of that and charge him for it. You have to do it bechinam, and you're not allowed to charge. However, he says... When it comes to Arshail of donating tissue, donating organs, Aver or Rikma, he says that's not strictly a chiyuv. Most poskim, even though they strongly endorse uh, tissue and, and organ donation, they stop short of saying you're chayiv. We, we, we're not going to get into his argument of why he thinks it's not a chiyuv, but that is the consensus of most poskim. It's not strictly speaking a chiyuv. So once it's not a chiyuv, says Rav Yisraeli, once it's not, strictly speaking, an absolute chiyuv, even if it's a noble thing to do, even if it's a mitzvah, as we would say, but it's not a, a mandated mitzvah, it's not a chiyuv of a shavas gufo, therefore you are allowed to charge schar. The only thing you're not allowed to charge for is something that you're mechiyuv to do al pitin. If you're not mechiyuv to do it, even if you get a mitzvah for doing it, you're, you're allowed to charge. He goes on, he makes a funny analogy, an analogy I don't really understand. He says... We pass it in halacha, that a, person, that a person is entitled to five types of tashlum. When he gets injured, a person is entitled to nezek, his uh, lost value, as uh, lost economic value for being injured, tsar, pain and suffering, ripoy, medical costs, sheves, you know, short-term loss of work while he's recovering from the injury, boshes, humiliation. So a person has to pay for those things. Therefore, if Yisraeli says, a person could charge for organ donation as well. I don't really understand this analogy. Once you say that it's not mani b'chinam, once you say that it's uh, that it's, it's not a mitzvah to do, and therefore you, you don't have the din of mani b'chinam, you can presumably charge whatever you want. You're not, you're not limited to tzernezek tzar, ripoy shevis, and boshes. If you can't be made to give up your kidney, you can negotiate, I would say you can negotiate any price you want with the recipient. This is not hezekir. This is a voluntary consensual agreement that you're making. So, so I'm not sure why he ties this to the Tashlumei Chavala. We'll see other postgames do similar things. 
But in any event, this is the basic point of Rav Yisraeli, and this, is, this point is made by other poskim as well, as we'll see. Since it is not a mitzvah that you're strictly mechayiv to do, Rabbi Professor Avram Steinberg, in his essay on this topic, says that this, this point has support from Rishonim, that any mitzvah that you're not strictly speaking mechayiv to do, you're allowed to charge for. Rabbi Yisraeli takes that for granted, insofar as you're not mechayiv to do this mitzvah, there's no din mani bechinam, and therefore you are allowed to charge for tashlumen. Then, as I said, he goes off on this whole discussion about hezek. He says even when the hezek is consensual, he's still allowed to charge for it, which again, I don't really understand what the, what the relevance of this is. Therefore, he concludes, Ein efo shum siba, al hatarim Therefore, there is no basis in halacha to prohibit, to deny the donor the right to charge for his organ. He says, and how much should it be? So again, Harry kind of backs off from what he says about Tashlumay Nezek, and he says, how much should the compensation be? Negotiate it. It's It's the price should be negotiated between the donor and between the family of the, between the, the donor and someone in the family of the recipient. He's presumably assuming the recipient is, is not in a condition to be negotiating on his own behalf. But in any event, a representative of the, of the recipient and the donor should negotiate a price, and that is mutter al-pi halacha. This even applies, he says, to blood donation. Even if it's a matter of life and death, even if it's saving somebody's life, he says he can't say that donating blood is a chi of mukhlat, it's not an absolute mandatory obligation, and therefore, you, since you can't be forced to do it, you're allowed to charge, and therefore, you, there, there's no objection in halacha to charging for organ donation. Maybe donation wouldn't be the right term. I mean, I, I think donation in the social and economic sense has a, has a slightly different connotation than donation in the biological and medical sense. In the biological medical sense, donation just means the source of the, the voluntary source of some tissue. I don't think it refers directly to compensation or not. Donation in the social sense typically means for free. But in any event, organ donation, you're allowed to charge for. There's no basis in halacha for prohibiting it, he says. He goes on, he explains further. Tashlum zeh, such compensation for organ donation, kol hu begvulo savirim, as long as it's within reasonable bounds, which he does not define, but as long as it's within reasonable bounds, ein kisachtanut. We shouldn't see this as extortion, or as unethical conduct, taking advantage of someone who's dying of kidney failure. Me'achar, why is it not unethical? Why is it not considered extortion? Me'achar shalatarim nigram gufni. There's physical suffering. <coughs> so here he goes back again and seems to imply at least ethically, you can't just charge what the market will bear, as a pure libertarian would say. You can charge some kind of fair compensation for the suffering that you have. Like he said, five teshlumay hezek, one of them is tsar. You can charge for the tsar, the itim gam nafshi, mental suffering, psychological suffering. Okay, so Rav Yisraeli kind of, uh, kind of oscillates back and forth between saying that since you're not mechuyiv to, to do it, there's no din mani bechinam, and nothing stops you from charging. On the one hand, I'm between identifying this as tashlume chavala, as payment for the suffering and injury that you have on the other hand, and therefore he says you can charge, but he says you have to charge a reasonable amount. Apparently that, that means something that's in some sense commensurate 
with the, the cost, including the suffering that you have. Even in American law, you are allowed to charge your expenses, at least some of your expenses. You're allowed to charge some type of compensation for the actual cost that you have, but you can charge for the kidney itself. And, and I'm not sure, I'm not actually sure what the, what, 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 what the rules are for, for pain and suffering. Um, Trump, Trump had an executive order that uh, even, even his big critics have said that, uh, have said was a really good idea. That the, that he says that donors don't pay for the procedure, but they often pay for travel and child care and elder care and lost wages. So the, so, so, so the, so the, so they're, so there were there were always uh, some some level of compensation, but Trump apparently significantly expanded the, the the legality of paying for some other cost. Again, only cost, not arbitrary numbers, but but he did but he did dramatically expand what you were allowed to pay for. And, and even even Trump's critics even Trump's critics have said that that is a uh, a good idea. So Professor Selman, for example, says in one of its relatively few good policies. The Trump administration increased allowable compensation for expenses. So it's still limited to expenses, but they expanded the definition of what expenses are. So Rav Yisraeli seems to be somewhat uh, in the same vein, but further. He says that you're allowed to charge. There's no issue of money bechinam. However, charging arbitrary or wildly, uh, wildly high amounts, he seems to say, would be at least unethical and extortionate. What can you charge for? You can charge for, generally speaking, you can charge anything which is somehow commensurate to the, the cost and the suffering that you have. So he's going at least as far as the Trump administration and probably further that you can charge, that, that there's no limit, there's no formal limit to what you can charge, but it has to be reasonable. It has to be somehow rooted in the, in the cost and suffering that you have. Okay, so that's the position of, of Rabbi Israeli. But then he adds one interesting qualification, again, based on the same logic that you, that, well, well, we'll see what it's based on, but he says, Imzos, the above notwithstanding, Yitzuyan, we should note, he says, Only the donor himself is allowed to charge for his donation. The, the broker, the, the, the go-betweens, those who are the middlemen who arrange for the, the transplant, whether it's a private person, whether it's an organization, a non-profit of some sort, that makes the, or even a, a for-profit, that, 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 whatever the organization is, that makes these arrangements, who chayev lasazos, be sure as I did. They have a chayev. The donor himself is not mechayev because the Torah can't demand, the Torah doesn't demand that a person give up an organ. But the brokers are not giving up anything. They're just helping people. So for them, it's an absolute chayev, the chayev of a shavas gufo. Right, that, that's just tircha. It's like a shavas evedi. You have to expend tircha to help somebody else. Kalechad mechayev bamigedr a shavas gufo. Therefore, it's austere for them to take schar, except for schar betela, except for costs, including opportunity costs that they have. We should anchor this principle in law, he says, that only the donors can charge for the organs, the go-betweens cannot charge, and good. With this, we can avoid the, the problem, he says, of the danger of uh, commodifying and commercializing, the danger of hit patchut mischar be'evarim, the development of, uh, of the commodification of, of organs by, by saying that the go-betweens can't charge, that will help reduce the commercialization of this whole process. Again, claiming that the go-betweens, the, the mitavchim, can't charge, 
is, is a loaded claim because, as we said, a lot of people can't charge. Doctors can't charge. Uh, teachers of Torah can't charge. Dayanim can't charge. And they all do. So there are heterim for all these things. We rely on all kinds of heterim. Many of these heterim would probably apply to the mitavchim as well. Certainly the ones who are professionals, the ones, the organizations that uh, renewal, you know, these, some, of these, some of these organizations are... Uh, you know, these are these are full. I mean, some of them are volunteers, but I guess to some extent these are full time positions. Some of them have, so they might be able to charge as well. But okay, Rabbi Israeli claims they can't charge because he applies the old time religion that you're not allowed to charge for doing a mitzvah, ignoring the for the fact that this halacha is widely honored in the breach. Uh, however, the donor himself is allowed to charge because he has he's not mechuyiv to do it, and he has considerable costs, and therefore he's allowed to charge. So Rabbi Yisraeli, in general, says you're allowed to charge. However, he seems to be tying that to the fact that he has costs, and he's claiming that it has to be reasonable, that it has to be what he calls gvulot savirim, reasonable limits. He doesn't explain what those are. So he's somewhat more open to charging than American lawyers. He doesn't, he doesn't give fixed rules for exactly how much you can charge, but he does seem to say that, it, that, 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 that it's somehow related to the fact that you have costs, and therefore you shouldn't charge, he does seem to imply that it's not perhaps appropriate to charge uh, arbitrarily high amounts based on what the market will bear. Another tshuva on the topic is by, is in the Sefer, Masa Choshev. The Masa Choshev is, was by the Rav Levi Yitzchak Halperin. Rav Levi Yitzchak Halperin was a distinguished Talmud Chacham. He was an expert in halacha and technology, one of the founders of Machon Madai Technology Lahalacha. He was someone who was uh, spent his life immersed in uh, spent spent his life immersed in uh, in uh, applying halacha to modern technology. Not so modern. He was writing in the you know, three quarters of a century ago. The, already he he was writing the half a century, three quarters of a century ago, which is uh, an eon ago by by the by, by the. By, by the pace of the development of modern technology. But in any event, he was uh, a noted expert on halacha and technology. He deals with the question in his sefer, Masech Hoshev. He writes, In light of the advances and advancement of medical science today, he says, uh, today we can do kidney transplants, we can take a kidney from a healthy person and transplanted into uh, someone with not functioning kidneys. Liver, we can cut off part of a liver and transplant it to somebody else. We have Misoros Rabus. So we have uh, a number of, many questions, he says, that arise, regarding whether it's an obligation to donate an aver, is it even mutter to donate an aver? And the other key question is charging, charging money. His first question is, is and he divides his questions into four groups, into four, four sections. His first one is, is, is organ donation mutter at all? That his answer is in the affirmative, although not a chiv. We're not going to get into that part of the analysis tonight. His next three questions, Bayes, Gimel, and Dalid, all have to do with whether you're allowed to charge. And his question Bayes is, when there is a hetero to donate an organ, are you allowed to charge for it? Are you allowed to accept money for it? Question Gimel is, when you shouldn't be donating the organ, it's too dangerous, or something like that. So is there a heter to, uh, 
to, to, if you need the organ, can, if someone's willing to give it to you for money, can you pay, even though he shouldn't be doing it? And question Dalit is, even if we'll say that Meikra Din, there's, like Rabbi Israeli said, there's no halachic objection to uh, charging for organ donation, do we have to worry about public policy, what we would call public policy? Is there, is there a reason to prohibit charging? For problems. Corruption. Bad social consequences that can arise from turning it into a commercial uh, an area of commerce. Should we, is, there, is there a reason to prohibit the paying money for organs? on the basis of these types of public policy considerations. So we're going to deal primarily with questions Bayes and Dalit. Is it mutter in general to charge money for donating an organ? And even if it's mutter, meikra din, is there grounds to prohibit it? Are there grounds to prohibit it on public policy grounds? So regarding question Bayes, is it mutter to charge money? He says, Since we've established in the first section of the tshuva, which we're not going to get into, like Rabbi Yisraeli said, that it is mutter to donate organs, one kidney or part of your liver. If you do it, you makayim a mitzvah, and it's, uh, you, you're not mechayiv to, but you get a mitzvah, you're noeg min chasidus, it's a pious thing to do. Is it mutter to charge money? So he says, now he brings, again, he brings the Gemara in Bacharos, that there's a din of mani bechinam, afata bechinam, that you're not really supposed to charge for, that, 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 you're, not, that, you're, not, that you're not actually allowed to charge for doing a mitzvah. So he says we could argue perhaps that you should not be able to charge for the that you should not be able to charge for doing a mitzvah. He says, like learning Torah, you can't charge for teaching Torah. He goes on, he has a long discussion of this, which we're not going to get into. But then he says that he says that first of all, if the person stipulates that he is charging, that, that is a legally enforceable contract, even though maybe he shouldn't be charging, but if he does stipulate and you agree to pay it, you have to pay. But to the fundamental question, is it mutter to charge for such a thing, he says. He says, like, similar to Rabbi Yisraeli, he says, we've, we've established earlier that there may, possible, there may not be a chi of gummer to, to donate an organ, which is, I think, the consensus of the poskim. It's not, strictly speaking, a, a, a mandatory obligation to donate organs, even if it's a great mitzvah. It's only midas chasidus. Even when there's no actual mortal danger to the donor. It's a very safe procedure. Still, the Torah does not ask you to give up an organ. The Torah does not demand that you give up an organ. It's a good thing to do. It's midas chasidus, but it's not strictly required. You don't have to do it. Therefore, once you don't have to do it, you're allowed to charge for it. And, uh, and so that's what he says. Then he also gets into the discussion of Tashlum Nezek, but he says that, the, that, that you, you're allowed to charge, and he says you're allowed to charge. Is it the, the right thing to do? Is it is it nachon? Is it nachon hadaver to do it? He discusses that as well, and he says that says, if there are actual costs, he says any cost that you have, any any type of similar to Israeli, any expenses that you have, it is certainly they're obligated to pay you, and it's mutter lechatchila for you to ask for those costs. The question is beyond that, beyond costs, is it mutter to simply say I have a kidney? It's valuable, even if my cost and pain and suffering won't be you know, won't be more than a certain amount. You want a kidney; it means a lot to you. I have a kidney. Kidneys are not so common. You want a kidney? Pay what the market will bear. What about that? Is that 
As we said, Rabbi Israeli was a little bit ambiguous about this, but Rav Halperin raises this question directly. He says, beyond any question of Hafsedim, is it, uh, are you allowed to charge for the organ itself? So he says, very logically, again, he goes back to his, his, his fundamental point. If it would be an actual chiyuv to donate the organ, then we would say, mani bechina, I mean, I'll to charge for the organ beyond the actual Hafsedim. However, he says, we, we said before, it's not an actual chiv. It's not clear that it's an actual chiv. Ein hadavar bar klal ve'ikar sheyesh b'zeh chiv gomer. He says it is not at all clear that it's an actual chiv. It may only be a midas chasidus. Once it's not a chiv gomer, he says, once it's not a mitzvah, we go back to the fundamental laissez-faire perspective of the Torah. You can do whatever you want. You can ask for the aver itself. Nothing's stopping you. There's no din of ma'ani b'chinam. Therefore, yes, you can charge whatever you want. He does not seem to have Rabbi Yisraeli's notion of charging reasonable amounts or charging amounts that are, that are in line with Hafsedim. He says, since there's no mani bechinam, charge whatever you want. He says, certainly, it's a, certainly he says it's a mitzvah. Certainly someone who doesn't charge beyond his costs is a midas chasidus, and that, that's an ideal and noble way to behave. Ashrei chelko bazeu baba. Happy is his lot in this world or the next. <coughs> Certainly, if the recipient is uh, is of limited resources, limited financial resources, he says, and it's tzedakah as well. But he says, even if he, even if the donor insists on charging, he still gets the mitzvah, and uh, even if he still, even if he still demands for the still demands payment, he's still doing a great mitzvah. but he still thinks it's a mitzvah. What about public policy grounds? So the reason in the United States they, they, they don't allow paying for organs is not because of money bechinam, obviously. It's because of public policy grounds. that They worry about undue pressure being placed on donors to donate if they feel they need the money. They worry about you know, informed consent. They worry about uh, all the things that commercialization can do to a market. Does Halakha worry about this? He says, the, the way Rav Halpern puts it, his concern would be if we allow paying for avarim, that will drive the price up. It will mean that it will be very expensive to get a kidney. Even if it means there will be more kidneys available, they'll all be very expensive. If, 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 if everyone knows they can make a million dollars for selling a kidney, everyone will charge a million dollars for a kidney. And that will mean that only the rich can afford kidneys, and that will mean that the poor will simply be priced out of the market. The current system, rich and poor, at least in theory, have an equal chance of getting a kidney. They all get put on the list, and they all get evaluated based on medical criteria and so on. But the poor and the rich are, have, have more or less equal chance. This way, we might have 10 times as many kidneys, but maybe the poor will be priced out of the market totally. So maybe that's an undesirable outcome, he says. Where do we see we're concerned about such public policy things? Where do we see that we have to deny somebody the chance for his personal salvation in order, due to public policy concerns? We see it in a famous Gemara in Gittin. The Gemara says that Pidyon Shvuyim, the great, great mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim, one of the greatest mitzvahs in the Torah. Nevertheless, the Mishnah says, we don't redeem captives for arbitrarily large amounts. Yes, what they demand. More than they're worth. Why not? We should pay Tikkun Olam. Because that would violate Tikkun Olam. What's the Tikkun Olam? The Gemara brings two explanations. One is Dukkar Tzibura. It's too much of a burden to impose on the Tzibur. The other one is the Ligur of Olais. It's fake. We're worried that, as the, as, the, as the economists always say, when you pay for something, you get more of it. If you pay for captives, you get more captives on the market. And how do you get more captives? By capturing them. So we're essentially incentivizing criminal behavior. That's, the same, that's, I think, one of the main reasons why, again, in much of the Western world, the official policy is 
We don't negotiate with kidnappers and terrorists because that encourages and incentivizes kidnapping and terrorism. So you see here that even though right now I'm in trouble, I'm, I'm being held captive, I could be redeemed. We don't do it because it's bad, for, it's bad public policy because it'll be bad in the long run. More Jews will end up being kidnapped. So because of that, we let me suffer. We let this captive suffer right now in jail. So you see that sometimes we sacrifice the immediate short-term good of getting somebody out of jail in order to achieve a, a, a longer-term, bigger-picture policy goal. So maybe that should apply here as well. We should not allow paying for organs because that will result in organs being priced very high and people being priced out of the market. Says Rev Halperin, that is... He has an intricate analysis of this, but he ultimately concludes that it is not, uh, not really an analogy, even though, yes, it's true that we do see the Torah cares about public policy concerns. He says he has various reasons why he doesn't think that the, this should apply here. One of his reasons is, over there, in all those cases, what are we talking about? Paying ransoms will cause more kidnapping. He says when it comes to kidney disease, no one's suggesting that people who want to increase the market for kidneys are going to go around causing kidney disease. They're not going to go around bashing people's kidneys in to increase the demand for kidneys so they can sell their kidney for more. That's not what we're concerned about. We're concerned that they'll just drive the prices up. That's not the same thing as the, as the concern of the Gemara, that we're actually afraid of more of actually incentivizing and causing more kidnapping. This might not be the greatest public policy outcome of driving up the prices, but that is in no way comparable to actually incentivizing kidnapping. Furthermore, he says that the, the Shulchan Aruch Paskin is based on Rishonim, this whole halacha, that we have to be concerned with the big picture, we have to be concerned with public policy and not simply with uh, the needs, the immediate needs of the individual before us, this whole concern is only the concern of the Tzibur. The Tzibur, the, the community, has to decide whether to redeem Ruvain. The Tzibur says, well, it might be good for Ruvain, but it won't be good for the Jews in, in general, because more Jews will get kidnapped. Ruvain himself, the Shulchan Aruch says, is allowed to redeem himself. If he has his own resources, he can pay the ransom. The, the, the law also, the law discourages negotiating with terrorists. The law allows you, I think, to pay a ransom, which I think it's legal. So the, the same thing, the Halacha says, we the Tzibur won't do it. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins, we the Tzibur, we're concerned that we don't want to incentivize criminal behavior. The, however, the, the person himself, we can't stop him from doing whatever. He's not mechayiv to, to sacrifice his own well-being for the long-term public policy interest of the Tiber. So he himself would be allowed to, he himself would be allowed to redeem himself. And similarly here also, maybe we're not going to fund his kidney. Maybe the insurance company shouldn't fund commercially purchased kidneys. But he himself, if he wants to buy a kidney, we're not going to stop him. Barbara Blaustein suggests that another policy issue is kidney theft. Maybe people are going to actually steal kidneys. There are all those urban legend horror stories of people waking up in third world countries in a bathtub full of ice. Somebody knocked them out and stole their kidneys. Disabled people, people, I guess, in nursing homes who are not, uh, who are not alert or who are not, um, maybe not of sound mind who can be manipulated either by signing a contract they don't understand or just by outright grabbing their kidney and hoping they won't be able to talk about it to anyone. Yeah, so that would be another concern, I guess. So, 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 all, so all, we can think of all different kinds of public policy concerns. I, I don't think the Rev. Halpern mentions all of these, but he mentions the, the, the closest analogy to this whole discussion he has is this discussion in Gittin, which he says is not a, really a good sushtel. And he says, his conclusion is, Mikach kolze nira, 
Shein Shum Makar Lesser Lidrosh Lakaval Tmura Kasvis Babur Trumas Evarim. As Rabbi Israeli said, even further than Rabbi Israeli, there is no basis in halacha to prohibit paying for organs. On the contrary, like Professor Shoman says, we should be concerned the other direction. If we, if we actually get squeamish about charging for kidneys, any squeamishness and barriers we set up, you're going to cause people to not have kidneys and to cause people to die who need kidneys. It's a very, it's a very difficult question. Much as I'm not, you know, I may not be sympathetic to hardline orthodox libertarianism, and we often point out that halacha, is, halacha does not adopt purely utilitarian ethics. Halacha has all kinds of deontological ethics, rules that you have to do things based on an abstract notion of whether they're right or wrong, not just about, about maximizing utility. But there is a very powerful argument here that, you know, there is a very powerful argument that can be made that tens of thousands of people may be alive if you allow them to pay for kidneys. So that, 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 that is a concern that really, says, that really has to be addressed. You can argue you don't think that'll happen. People argue that if you start charging, the volunteers will dry up. Maybe, but in general, intuitively, it's a very seductive claim that when you pay for things, you get more of them than when you don't pay for things. So there is a very strong argument that can be made. It's a very intuitive and economically uh, serious argument that by allowing the paying for kidneys, we will have more kidneys, which means more people will live and fewer people will die which is a, uh, a very powerful argument that has to be addressed. And as we've seen, the, the postkim are sympathetic to this. The postkim say there is no real, that there is no real basis for prohibiting uh, the donation of organs, the, the charging for donating organs in halacha. Rav Halpern concludes, he says, we should have takanos, we should only do this for a varim that are mutter, and that there's a mitzvah, he says, that don't endanger the life of the person. We don't want to incentivize dangerous behavior. And and what Barbara was saying as well, we should obviously try to put safeguards in place that the to avoid uh, theft and corruption and bad behavior to the extent that we can. He also adds, Rabbi Halpern, that 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 ideally he says it should be a a governmental thing. The government should pay for the government should pay for the organs, not private people. The government's uh, large. Large size and bargaining power will help will help us hold the hold prices down. Social, socialized uh, collective collective organ buying, and so, so that's from Halpern's position as well that we should that it's mutter, but that we should have some kind of procedures in place to try to, as Rabbi Israeli said, to try to uh, avoid some of the less savory less savory less savory uh, possible outcomes of. Of, <clears throat> of doing this, in Rav, in Rav, um, Rabbi Professor of Ram Steinberg has a lengthy essay, Kedarka Bakodesh, a tremendously erudite and thoughtful essay on this whole topic. And he, and uh, again, it's 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 long; it's beyond the scope of our talk. But he quotes the <coughs> he quotes the he quotes a number of contemporary poskim. Who allow paying for organs? Among, among, among the ones besides the ones we quoted, he quotes Rosholon Zaman Orbach. He says that the it's mutter to donate an organ, even if you're compensated, even if you're a poor person and you're doing it to raise money to pay your debts. That's one of the things that the anti-paying for organs worry about. People are going to feel pressured to do it. Rosholon Zalman is uh, not, not discussing the pressure. He's discussing whether is he really doing it l'shem mitzvah or not. He says, well, even even if it's true that he wouldn't do it without the cash. But since he knows he is doing a mitzvah, surely he says he wants to do the mitzvah as well. 
even though even though it's uh, even though he might not do it just for the mitzvah, he wouldn't give up his kidney just for the mitzvah, but he is doing it at least partly for the mitzvah. So he's allowed he's allowed to get paid. Regarding the brokers, he says he says the we saw that Rabbi Israeli says the broker can't charge because the the, the Rabbi Israeli says the brokers cannot charge the intermediaries cannot charge because they have a mitzvah of Ashaseveda and they can't charge for that. Shlomo Zalman says that they are mutter to charge mutter lechatchila, and he says there's no masim meguna or avera. There's nothing wrong because he's providing a service. He's working. He's uh, he, it's not easy to do. There's work involved in doing this. You can charge for the work. Again, not so simple as we said. Hashavasavei does also work. You're not allowed to charge for Hashavasavei. You're not allowed. Yet on the other hand, doctors do charge and teachers of Torah do charge. So again, that that's the conundrum we started with. I don't really have a good answer, but the. But basically, Rav, 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 Rav Shlomo Zalman takes the same basic position as Rav Halperin and Rav, Rav Halperin and uh, Rav Yisraeli that it's mutter to charge, and uh, he goes even further than Rav Yisraeli and says that the, and says that the go-betweens, the go-betweens can, can can charge as well. Rav Yaakov Ariel also has a long tshuva about this. Rav Yaakov Ariel's tshuva is in his sefer Baal Shel it's, it's late, so we're not going to go into it in such detail. But he also discusses at some length uh, whether it's permitted to charge for for the for donating an organ. He gets into all kinds of questions about Tashlume Hezek. His tshuva focuses largely around a classic question that people like to discuss. Um, like to discuss. My my father often tells me. I think that my rav. I've heard him discuss this uh, as well. Rabbi Shlomo Reisman, whether a person is considered a bialim, an owner on his body, on his person. Rav, Rav, Rav Arieli discusses his, his, his first and primary source on this topic is of Shlomo Yosef Zevin in one of the most famous uh, famous halachic articles of all time Mishpat Shylach La'or Ha'alacha the Shylach case from Shakespeare, from Merchant of Venice from the halachic perspective where he discusses the whole deal that, that, Shylach, that, uh, that Shylach made a deal with uh, I forget the fellow's name the, the, the person, the, the guy he lent money to that if he doesn't, if he doesn't repay the money, then he gets a pound of flesh. So Rav Zevin had a whole discussion about whether uh, Antonio, I think, the, the, a whole discussion on whether it's permitted to uh, what what the status of this deal is from the halachic perspective. And one of the things Rav Zevin discusses there is whether a person is considered an owner of his person. Do you own your body? Is your body your property? I don't re- I don't really understand why that's relevant to our question. And Rav, Rav Ariel himself, I think, acknowledges this. He says. I don't know why it matters whether you're a, uh, an owner of your, proper, of your person or not regarding charging for your kidney. As long as you assume you don't have to give up your kidney, it's not a chi of gummer, then it's my right to decide whether I want to give it to you or not, whether I own it or don't own it. You are not getting that kidney unless you pay me. It's my decision. We, I think we all intuitively accept. You can't, once we assume, like the post can say, you're not mechiv to give up your kidney as a matter of a show of Eda, then whether it's, whether it's technically mine or not, I can charge you for it. I, I, I have to authorize it. You want me to authorize it, I'm going to charge for it. Which is ultimately what Rav Ariel concludes, like Rav, Rav Shlomo Zalman and Rav, and Rav Halperin and Rav Yisraeli. Rav, Shlomo Zal, Rav, 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 Rav Ariel also concludes that a person is allowed to charge for the for his organ. His conclusions are: he says that you can't sell your organs as a, as ordinary property because either because you don't own them or because they have no clear worth. He says, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not fully understand why. Might not be a regular market for them, but then you can charge whatever you want if there's no regular market for them. He says that the the bottom line is 
That's a machlokis. Technically, whether you own yourself is a machlokis, but you are allowed to charge, certainly for the tsar of the, of the operation. You, since you have to authorize it, he ultimately does conclude that you, that, uh, that he, ultimately, he ultimately concludes that you, he actually says that you would be mukhayif to donate your organ. He says that the, he, he actually concludes that the, that, that an organ like a kidney or a liver, assuming there's no danger to the, to the donor, he actually says it would be a chiyav. The other post we said, Rav Halperin, Rav Yisraeli, said it's not a chiyav gomer, it's midas chasidas, it's not clear that it's a chiyav gomer. Rav Ariel concludes it is actually a chiyav. If there's no danger and you can save somebody's life, you actually have a chiyav to give the organ. And since it's a chiyav, you're not allowed to charge. However, expenses, you're allowed to charge. So certainly actual financial expenses, monetary expenses you can charge for. Tsar you can charge for as well. As well. Pain and suffering you can charge for as well. How do, you, how do you evaluate such things? Maybe we let you put your own price on it, he says. But then, uh, furthermore, he mentions the other concern, the libertarian concern. If we don't let you charge a fair amount of money, you're going to have an uh, insufficiency of donors. He says, on the other hand, we have the other concern, the public policy concern, that uh, we, we, we really don't want the commodification of organs, he says. Therefore, he says, the, the recommendation is, that his recommendation is government involvement, the opposite of Professor Soman, more government, not less government, he says. We want, the, 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 the ideal thing is, the government, he says, the government should establish appropriate regulations. They should promote organ donation. They should avoid corruption. And uh, how they should do that in practice, what you're actually recommending, I'm not sure. Libertarians and free marketeers would say, let the market do it. Uh, let people let, let people sell it for whatever price they want. Um, but Rav Ariel is uh, it takes a middle ground. He says, on the one hand, we 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 do want to allow charging substantial prices for kidneys because that will promote the availability of more kidneys. On the other hand, we want to avoid corruption and the commercialization of body parts. So the government should get involved and find some happy medium. What that happy medium is is going to be left for, uh, left for an exercise for the reader or for the wisdom of our elected representatives.